Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will use this city as a tool of witness in the lives of those who are struggling to live godly for you. I pray that it will bring deliverance and set the captive free. Lord, as it goes beyond the prison walls, the highway and byways, that it will compel those to come unto you. Lord, those that are struggling, that they'll begin to live victoriously. And Lord, when that race is over and it is all finished, Lord, they can come unto you and you will say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name. like to invite your attention to the book of St. Mark, the fourth chapter, verse 35 through 39. I want you to ask God, Lord, I like a fresh revelation. Read these scriptures many of times, but Lord, would you please just give me a fresh revelation of what your word is saying. Amen. The Bible says, In the same day, when the evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. There were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And as he said unto them, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly one and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey? Eternal God, we're so grateful and thankful to you, Lord, for this service. We thank you for an opportunity to be here, Lord, that you woke us up this morning and started us on this day's journey. And for that, we're grateful. Now, Lord, help us, Lord, as we enter into the word of God, not just to be a hearer of it, but to be a doer of it. And Lord, your servant, Lord, truly desires your anointing. Please lend it to me this morning that, Lord, the ears and the eyes and the heart, the soul, the spirit will all be receptive to what the spirit of God is saying. And Lord, when lives are changed, souls are delivered, and people that have never repented of their sins are baptized in this day in Jesus' name, and you fill them with the Holy Ghost, we'll remember to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Let everyone say in Jesus' name, I want to minister to you from this thought in the form of a question. Are you trusting God in the midst of your storm? Are you trusting God in the midst of your storm? Somebody said, that's personal. <laughs> we know from the natural that there are all kinds of storms.
things. And, and usually a storm in one shape or form of another will wreak havoc on those that are in that storm. We have storms that we call hurricanes, and there's those that we call tornadoes, and we have tsunamis, and, and the list goes on. But all of those storms are devastated to those that are in them. And then if you look at it from a spiritual perspective, we have storms as believers. We have storms such as financial storms. Somebody ought to say amen. <laughs> then we have marital storms and, and relationship storms, and the list goes on and on. But I'm here to bring to your forefront, are you trusting God in the midst of your storm? Trust. It's a firm belief in the reliability, truth, and ability or strength of someone or something. It's the confidence. It's a reliance on another. And as we look back for a moment at our text, we find that the disciples, while being in the will of God, did not exempt them from experiencing the storms of life. I want to stop there for a moment because one person may say, well, I'm living for God. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, but yet and still I find myself in the midst of a tumultuous storm. It's a storm that I don't know if I can make it out. They were in the will of God. We'll look back at it, but God, in the form of Jesus Christ, had told them what I want us to do is get into the boat and going to the other side. Somebody said they, they were obedient. They were right smack dab in the middle of what God was telling them to do. But even in the midst of being in the will of God, we are not exempt from storms. Please, sir, ma'am, hear me and hear me clearly because we have a propensity as being a Bible-believing Christian to think that storms like that shouldn't impact us and shouldn't happen. Some of the latest catastrophes in the natural sense that happened do you think that some Christians were not affected? You think that some of their houses were not blown away? You think that some of their jobs didn't come to a screeching halt because now the economy is messed up from the storm? So I'm imploring you, please, know that we are not exempt from the storms of life. These storms, and some might view them as tests or even trials, in one's life serves a dual purpose. If we allow them, they will produce a type of trust, a dependency, if you please, in God like no other. I don't know if you've ever been there where you didn't have anything left to eat and you had children and you were praying and asking God, Lord, you know my situation. You know where I'm at. And all of a sudden, the doorbell rings. Ding dong. Or a knock at the door and somebody's standing there with grocery, and you know you were in the midst of your storm. And before you know it, you begin to develop that kind of trust that screams out, no matter what, I believe God. No matter what my circumstances look like, no matter how difficult they are, I believe God. It doesn't matter how the winds are blowing, I believe God. Or how much the water is filling up my boat, I believe God. Or no matter how deep the waters are that are threatening to drown me, I still believe God. 
Oh, I wish I had me somebody in this place that wouldn't mind sharing. Bro, sis, I've been through a storm. And maybe there's somebody right here in the present. You presently are in a storm. And somebody sitting there saying, well, that's not me. We'll live long enough. <laughs> there's a storm awaiting you. The storm of your life. It's that unexpected circumstance that bursts on the scene of your life. Trying to drown you and take you under. Simply put, its intent is to take you out of here. Remember I said earlier in the reading that the storms, they're storms that have a dual purpose. Turn to somebody and say, that's two sides. <laughs> well, the flip side is that the storm is designed to increase your faith and give you a deeper depth in your experience with God. Anybody ever been there? I mean, you don't have anything to trust in. You don't have anything to lean on. But you understood one thing, that if I could just trust in God and lean not to my own understanding, God will work this thing out for me. I'm here to tell you that I admit wholeheartedly that storms aren't pleasant, nor are they comfortable when you find yourself going through one. And, and allow me to say this, they can be life-altering while threatening your life's very existence. There's some things that can change the complexity of the way you do business because you're going through this particular storm. Uh, let, let's look for a moment. Let, let's go back and review our text. And while we're reading it, let's ask the question, the most important question. Are we trusting God in our storm? I sure hope while I'm ministering this, somebody is really asking yourself those hard questions. Am I really trusting God? How many of you believe that there are times when the preacher is preaching and the message is for him? <laughs> Matter of fact, he, he can't give it to you until he gets it first. And so while in prayer this morning, I, I had to ask myself the very question, am I trusting God in the midst of my storm? Now, every last one of y'all, that question was for you. It's rhetorical in nature, meaning no need for an answer out loud. But I hope that you ask that question within yourself. And there is an answer to it that you had to give. My answer was, when it was brought to my mind, I'm trusting him, but not like I should. See, some of y'all can't stand that right there. That was too much for y'all. Not the preacher. No, that was my reply. I'm not trusting God like I should. I should trust him in every area of my life. There should not be one thing in my life that I do not say, God, I trust you. Because once again, if we trust in God and lean not to our own understanding and acknowledge him in all of our ways, he'll direct our path. So that's my answer to the question. But still the question lies on the floor. What's your answer? In the midst of your storm, are you trusting God? Or are you picking up the phone calling 1-800-PSYCHIC? Let's go back to the text. And to put it in context, we have to look at what was going on in the fourth chapter 
We find that Jesus is ministering and preaching to crowds of people. And so he gets into the ship and, and trying to cast out a little bit. And the people are just there. They're hungry. They're thirsting. Not for food, but for spiritual insight. And Jesus, if you allow me to mind, to, to give you this modern day analogy, he's teaching them, and we say parables, but in essence, he was making the lessons live. He was talking about the seed and the sower. You know that account. And he goes on to talk about it. And at the end, his disciples come up to him and say, Lord, Lord, that was kind of heavy. What you mean by that? He began to say, now listen, y'all followers of me. If anybody should go it and know it, it's you. And so he privately tells them some things. And then as the day wears on, the Bible says in the, in the evening time, in the evening, somebody say the evening. In that day, in the evening, it had come. And he saith unto them, let us pass over to the other side. <laughs> in other words, listen, we've been at this all day long. You got to remember, Jesus was teaching to hundreds of people, probably didn't even take a lunch break. And he's hungry, he's tired, he's fatigued. And he says, what are we going to do? We're going to get in this ship and we're going to the other side. Somebody said the other side. <laughs> See, I don't know what the other side represents to you, but the other side meant we're leaving from this place and going over here. If I'm not mistaken, they were on the east side and they were going to the west side or vice versa. And so he said, we, we need to get over to the other side. How many of you are willing to follow God when he says we're going to leave this location and we're going to this location? We're going to the other side. I've got some stuff on that side that you hadn't even began to think about. So he said, let's go to the other side. Somebody said, he said, us. <laughs> so that means he was going to be with them. As they traveled from point A to point B, he's there with them. But the Bible says, and when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, just like he was, didn't even go home, change clothes, didn't get some food in him. They took him just like he was. And there were also with him other little ships. <laughs> I thought about this, and you read the text. It doesn't mention the little ships going through the storm. How many know your storm is not my storm? <laughs> and my storm is not your storm. I said, no, now wait a minute. They were all in this thing. But we hear no more about the little ships because this test, this trial, this storm belonged to the disciples. There was something God wanted them to learn and walk away with a deeper experience with him. So now they're, they're moving right along. What happened to the little ships? I don't know. But you read your Bible, and I don't think you're going to find out. But verse 37 says, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, not against the ship, but inside of the ship. And it caused the ship to be full of water. Now, I don't know about you. First of all, I don't like being on the water on a ship because I know there is the chance that that ship could take on water. And I don't know about you. I know how to swim, but that's too much water. So as they're, they're looking, now don't forget now, Jesus chose them because they are experienced fishermen. 
It's not like they had never been in a boat and, and all of a sudden a storm came up. But there was something about this storm. It was something different about this storm that alerted them and alarmed them that they got to the point that they were fearful. The Bible says, and as that water began to beat the ship, as it began to fill the ship, now we find a glimpse of the disciples. And what are they doing? They're trying to locate the master. And this is what the Bible says. Don't forget they're all in the ship. Somebody say, we're all in this together. together. You and Jesus. Jesus and me. We're in this together. But they're searching for Jesus. And the Bible says, and he was in the hinder part of the ship. He was asleep on a pillow. Wait a minute now. The water is raging. The water is filling the ship. And Jesus is sound asleep. Now somebody said, oh, man, I don't know how he could do that. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to just put it out like this. But if you ever had a real job, a physical job, a job that drains you physically and mentally, you ain't trying to do nothing but when you get to the house, get you something in your belly, take a shower or a bath, and call it quits. Some might say, well, Jesus should have known. No, he was tired. Don't forget, he was the God-man, and he did just what we would do. He was sleeping to the point that they are running around, where is he at? And then they, oh, yeah, he's in the hinder part of the ship. They go, he's sleeping on a pillow, and they awake him. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. If they had not woke Jesus up, do you think the outcome would have been the boat sank? Don't forget what Jesus said. We're going to the other side. <laughs> that period, point blank. Nothing's going to stop this. We're going to the other side. But their mindset wasn't that way. They're looking for Jesus. They find him. He's sleeping on a pillar. And they awake him. And this is what they said, Master. Now they got that right. Look in your Bible. It's a big old capital M. But the rest, they didn't take in consideration. They said, Master. Hear us not that we perish? <laughs> Listen, Jesus is on that boat <laughs> or that ship. It ain't going nowhere. But they said, you don't even care. And, and when they said us, they were saying about them, but they always said, you're on this ship too now. <laughs> you don't care that we're going to perish? The Bible says that Jesus arose and he rebuked the wind. God. And he said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind stopped, it ceased, and there was a great calm. If you know anything about storms, and, and we've been through our share, and we've seen in the surrounding two states, storms come and storms leave, but most of the time, storms don't just stop like that. They subside. They subside. The winds get weaker and then things are back to normal. Not in this case, because they woke Jesus up out of his sweet sleep and said, Master, care not that we perish. He gets up, the Bible says, he rebukes the wind. He looks and says, wind, stop. The wind stops. He says to the raging sea, peace, be still. In other words, right here, right now, immediately, cease what you're doing. 
and the winds stopped. The seas began to be calm. Now let me finish with what he says to them. And he said unto them, why are ye so fearful? And how is it that ye have no faith? No faith. You walk with me for three and a half years. You see me perform all kind of miracles. But now there's a little water that got in the boat. You waking me up out of my sleep. I was laying there because we were going to the talk back to me. I need you to get the reality of this. God's already has this thing planned. You're going to make it to the other side. Then he, he asked that question. How is it that ye have no faith? Don't forget the title of the message is Are You? Somebody said that means me. Trusting God in the midst of your storm. And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this? They actually betrayed themselves when they said that because they truly understood nothing to that point that Jesus was God manifested in the flesh. They, they didn't understand the reality of the God of the universe was on that boat and not one thing was going to ever happen to them. Remember he said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. The expected end was we're going to reach the other side because there's some business that we need to take care of. As we have looked back and we've reviewed the text and we've asked that question, the most important question, are we trusting God in our storms? You see, it's evident that the disciples didn't, but I want to know your answer. If you're in a storm right now, it could be financial, it could be marital, it could be relationships. It could be whatever. But are you trusting God to make a way? Or are you trying to lean to your own understanding? You know, some of us, we say, I got this. Okay, no problem. I just got one question to the person that said, I got this. How's it working out for you? Hello. I want to say something because when they were in the midst of the sea, for some of you, you thought that it was breaking news. News flash. There's no breaking news with God because he knows everything. <laughs> Nothing caught him by surprise. I think that the Lord set that whole scenario up to show the disciples, like I said to God, I'm not trusting you like I should. You see, it's when we don't trust God in the midst of our storm that hopelessness comes. Anybody ever been hopeless? Felt hopeless? But see, in the midst of your storm, when, when you're not trusting God like you should, there's a word that pops up. It is called hopelessness. And when hopelessness sets in, it brings with it despair. And despair brings with it discouragement. And discouragement brings with it depression. It's a word called disheartenment. And when you are found with disheart, in this case, disheartenment, you know what comes with disheartenment? It brings gloom. And when gloom comes, it brings with it darkness. And with darkness, it brings fear. And with fear, it brings with it sleepless nights. Anybody had a sleepless night lately? See, y'all ain't going to be honest. I'm in the church. I ain't going to lie. It brings with it sleepless nights. But you have to ask yourself the 
question. Why should I have a sleepless night when God's going to stay up all night anyway? Why don't I just cast all of those cares upon him and say, God, I know you got it. I'm going to get me. Because this is what he said. He promises beloved sweet sleep. Sweet sleep. I'm, do you know what I'm talking about, sweet sleep? I'm talking about when you're bringing them home. <laughs> I mean, every, all the wild animals are coming in. Because you are sleeping so soundly. But when we're not trusting God in the midst of our storm, all of those things come. But if we could just remember who it is that's in the midst of the storm, it's the one who said, I'll never leave nor forsake. It's he, the one who said, I'll stick closer than any brother. It's the one that I also remember him saying, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I wish today that somebody that has either been through a storm will reevaluate how did you go through it. If you're presently in a storm, how am I going to get through it? And for those that say, man, none of that's me. Well, you just wait on it. There's a storm out on the ocean, and it's moving this way. And if you're not rooted and grounded and anchored in Jesus, you will surely drift away. Thank you, Father. I got to give you thanks. Because, Lord, everything that you have done, I didn't look at it now. I thank you, Lord, for the release of every chain. Everywhere I go, God, I got to give you praise because you have heard my cry. We have been smothered by the grace of God, and it has brought us joy. Therefore, Lord, we was able to make a joyful noise in this city. We have learned to forgive, and with that in mind, God, I just can't stop praising you. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Amen.